What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 24 of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is Jack Bauer, baby. 24, uh, we're here to stay. Well, uh, well, you are correct about that. We, uh, Kobe Bryant. Yep. It's our R. Kobe R. year. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's the moment, and we're living in it, and it's our moment. Yeah. Like, we had our Jordan game last week mm-hmm. and the 100th episode for the GOAT. Yep. yep. Uh, and notice how I said Jordan, not LeBron. Same oh, no, 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 no. Fuck Brian, Brian. No, no, no. People forget 0.0 rated pizza at Blaze. I don't make the rules. We don't make the rules. It's just the truth. Paul Pierce. And now we're on our we're on our Kobe episode. So in honor for of Kobe, we gotta make this change. This is this is top notch. Yeah, in honor of Kobe, this will be an all NBA basketball episode, right? That's what we had planned for today. Yeah, well, we got an electric matchup happening in the garden right now, Bruno. Celtics, Nuggets. I don't know what the <laughs> score is. I turned the game, it's not on my phone. Celtics were down two with eight minutes to go last time I checked. Yeah, I, ha- I have it up right now. I am on a little uh, – I'm streaming it, so I don't know if it's caught up live. But we are down two with 6.45 left, and there's nuggets on that screen, and there's nuggets everywhere. There's just nuggets all, all over the place. There are no nuggets in my life for the next 72 <laughs> days, brother. Damn. I, 75 hard, no fried food. I'm going to go off myself now. Yeah. Um, uh, yep. Well, well, that's all. See you next week. Kurt, should I do 75 soft? Yes. I, that would probably just be like negative two workouts a day uh, inside permanently. Um, a sip of water. Uh, listen, I might just have to do the opposite to balance it out. There is a 75 medium and a 75 soft. Oh, so wait, actually? Yep. Oh, I did not. Okay. Now I retract my well, statement. Different workouts? Nope. Uh, I'm, out. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Listen, it it's more of a mental challenge than anything else. Like the workouts blow and the water sucks and trying to find the time in the day to fit two 45 minute workouts in around a full work schedule, not enjoyable, but it's, it's good for the mental. You got to just let it happen. No, so. I like that. And I'm, we're all about brains here. So listen, Kurt, I respect it. Uh, I might start with a fast one and see what happens and then go from there. Can't get yeah. to 75 without getting to one. You. You're a very smart man. There's no wonder you're a doctor. <laughs> let's go, baby. Yeah, let's go. Bruno, we have a, a a very exciting week coming up in the NFL. We are headed into the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, a time where you got you know, the best eight teams left. Yeah. Uh, so, two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Fight it out to see who's playing in the AFC and NFC Championship the following week. Um, this is a this is a super super exciting weekend, and where we used to say like this was the Patriots, you know, preseason to the playoffs. Normally, like that's what that's what it was for twenty years. Like, oh, who are we beating in the divisional round to get to the AFC Championship game when our real oh. season starts? 
times were way simpler, pal. Yeah, and I'm a simple guy. I liked those simple times. I was born in those simple times. I was molded by the simple times. You thought the simple times were your ally? No, they were mine. I like the reference, pal. I like... <laughs> Thank you. Um, what was Gino's thing, too? What, the Everything darkness? in the dark eventually comes to the light. <laughs> well, maybe we were in the dark thinking that yeah. was real. And now we are very much in the blinding light of like a yeah. dentist light. Because we are booty cheeks again. And it's been like 30 years since that happened. So, um, But we're not going to talk Patriots yet. We're going to talk about some other things going down. Uh, we will get to some of the matchups uh, for division, the divisional round. But before we do that, Bruno, there is quite a bit of news uh, just around the league. Obviously, we talked about it uh, in the 100th episode about uh, Bill Belichick uh, because of the audio issue you didn't get everyone didn't get the entire part of that but you know that was us saying goodbye to Bill Belichick but Bill Belichick was not the only coach who was out Mm -hmm. at his current team there were eight openings um and Bruno we know one today is no longer open the Raiders are naming Antonio Pierce uh they're removing the interim tag and they're making that boy HC of the Raiders Raiders what are your thoughts? What are your T H O T S's? Well, I, I don't know about you, Kurt, and by I don't know, I mean I do know. Uh, we're big fans of Antonio Pierce. Um, my thoughts for this are quite simple. I'm a simple guy. We said that already. Uh, Rich Basaccia. Rich Basaccia. He died so Antonio Pierce could live. Rich Basaccia came in two years ago, special teams guy, took over. Players loved him, having a great time. All the players wanted him to be a head coach. What did Mark Davis do? Thought he was smart, hired Josh McDaniels, noted terrible head coach great good offensive coordinator when he has tom brady and bill belichick bad head coach players were pissed two years of a disaster now antonio pierce comes in they were like statistical leaders when he took over they had a decent record they were competitive the players loved it and all the players this offseason were like we're gonna have a mutiny a riot max crosby was like trade me the fuck out of here if you don't get pierce so what did mark davis do he did what he should do listen to the players good coach Uh, You saw Antonio Pierce getting head coach interviews elsewhere, so he hired Antonio Pierce back. I don't see why someone who came in and took command of the locker room that well that all the players respect, that got them playing hard when they still have moves to make to improve the roster, why would you not want that guy as your head coach moving forward? So, Yeah, Bruno, for the first time in maybe his life, Mark Davis made the correct choice, and so (laughs) good for him for that. Uh, Speaking of another owner who continuously is not making the right choices, uh, Jerry Jones. Keeps Mike McCarthy after another 12-5 and season, but another year where they don't get past the goddamn fucking wildcard game. Bruno, you got to be shitting me. That roster is too talented, too loaded to have Mike McCarthy fumble and bumble his way to a wildcard game in which he gets blown the fuck out. He, He should be out, right? He should have been gone. I mean, Kurt, when you think about it, He's one Aaron Rodgers season miracle seventh run to the uh, seventh seed to the Super Bowl championship winning season away from just being simply not a good head coach. Like he has that Super Bowl. He'll always have it. You can't take those back. But if you take that away again, it's like, sure, he gets wins in the regular season. But like uh, the Cowboys have said forever and a lot of good teams say this too. It's not about what you do in the regular season, right? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And so they can't get it done. It's been happening year after year. And Kurt, like, I go back and forth. I don't think he's the guy no matter what, but also you have to say this. Dak is also the quarterback, and he's out there. And sure, he got garbage time stats, but it's like how many times is this going to happen with Dak before we ask the same question? 
Also, saw people saying this. I agreed this too. Their defense was god-awful against the Packers. Like, the Packers are good. I don't know if they're that good offensively. 48 points and, like, defenders being in the wrong places, wide receivers having open avenues to the end zone. Dan Quinn's getting interviews for head coaching places as the defensive coordinator. That defense looks fucking terrible. So there's a lot to dissect when it comes to the Cowboys. But, like, it's kind of obvious. Like, if you think, Kurt, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting different results. I think it's fair to say Jerry Jones, you could call him insane. Oh, certifiably insane. Bruno, there's another NFC team who, I mean, to say limped to the finish line would be an insult to limping. They that crawled to the finish line, maybe. I Just a pathetic effort from the Philadelphia Eagles who get bounced in Tampa Bay. Um, Baker tore them up. Eagles, I think, lost six of their last seven games or five of their last six, something like that. Just a horrendous ending in Philadelphia, and it's crazy because this team, you know, was winning a Super Bowl in the fourth quarter last year, and it just feels like they fell flat on their face, and they looked like there were issues with team chemistry, and they had a lot of finger pointing at Jalen Hurts, who, you know, I'm I'm not. I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, I do, but in the same breath, I also think he also looks like the most disinterested quarterback around like he during the game like and you don't have to be fiery and passionate all the time but you know it's just a little odd and you saw in the game Dallas Goddard got on him AJ Brown didn't play but Devontae Smith is yelling at him it just bad vibes from Philadelphia this week and they got blown out so now we're waiting what happens with Nick Sirianni it's a good question, and you can make a case either way for Sirianni. Like, they've gone to the playoffs three years in a row, made the Super Bowl last year. So, like, results are there. And in the playoffs, results are there. It's not Mike McCarthy. Like, results are there. At the same time, this collapse was so fucking bad. They were 10-1 and one in the one seed. They finished 11-6 and six or whatever they were and lost in the first round to a Bucks team that, sure, looked good, had some good moments. The Eagles had no business losing that game if they were any good, right? So, sure, he lost both his coordinators this season and had new coordinators, but largely the same talent, a, good, a decent roster. Yeah, they were you know old in some spots, and their secondary was beat up, but like they should have done better than what they finished. So, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of things this week. It's, he Sirianni is a guy doesn't strike me as a great leader like did you see that video of him like after the chiefs game being all corny as fuck being like see ya chiefs like that made me cringe i was like dude shut the fuck up like that's i don't know who would see that video and like it and like i don't imagine he has respect in the locker room but then you do see some players coming out and being like he's our guy blah 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 so he doesn't seem a great leader and i feel like you're gonna need a leader in there to like get the locker room back in shape so for me it's tough i i feel like after that collapse and seeing all this shit going down doesn't seem like it'd be great to bring him back, but it seems like he's helping with the like coordinator and coaching search from what I can tell on Twitter. So maybe he is coming back, but that's good for Eagles haters. Cause I don't think he's going to do any better next year if he's back. Yeah. And I think the loss of both his coordinators was a big deal. And I think it just goes to show maybe Nick Sirianni is not that good of a coach and his coordinators did a lot. Uh, yeah. Also love seeing the downfall of Matt Patricia every time it's possible. Oh my God. The last three places he's been, he's imploded every time with Detroit, <laughs> New England, and then um, with uh, Philadelphia. So we yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. We it, it It's tough at this point. Like, 
it happened with McDaniels too. It's like these guys are good on the Patriots. <laughs> they go elsewhere, and that's not new. That like you know going back to like Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, even Bill O'Brien for a little bit. Like it goes way way back, but it is just kind of funny. They had all these guys have success on the Patriots. At what point is the league? I mean, probably now because Belichick's gone. But like, at what point in our run did anyone ask themselves, "Hey, maybe these guys are just good because they're with Bill in New England, not because they're good on their own"? But yeah, tough to see. So, sorry, buddy. Go back to rocket science. Yeah, seriously, go back to RPI. Do your thing, Bruno. <laughs> um, one more coach who I guess a little bit up in the air. You might say uh, it sounds like he's he's staying, but Mike Tomlin in in, in Pittsburgh. This storyline's confused me a little bit. I know Mike Tomlin's contract is up, but if you're the Steelers, you want him back. He hasn't had a losing season. He's vastly overachieved with no quarterback play the last couple of years. Why wouldn't the Steelers want Tomlin back? What are your yeah, thoughts? I agree with you. I feel like we've heard from Steelers fans being pissed because it seems like this is the story year in, year out. But I agree. I don't think that's because of Tomlin. I feel like that's because of the roster. Like, they always have a pretty solid defense. But it seems like, you know, especially with the end of the Big Ben era, their offense just was never the same. And they never had everything firing at the same time because, I think, of the roster. So I would say that's more of like a GM thing rather than a Tomlin thing. You you made a great point. Even that 11-1 team, we always clown on them. That's or Sorry, they started 11-0. Like, the fact that he's even getting that team and this year's team to the playoffs, sure, they're frauds, but, like, he's getting them way more wins than they should be getting, right? So I agree. He's making the most out of not as much talent. If you're the Steelers, you definitely want him back. If they don't, I don't know, this is like a lame duck coaching year, or maybe they're going to give him extension. I saw Art Rooney was like, oh, yeah, we maybe we'll get to that or whatever. So who knows what happens there. But, yeah, I, I feel like it's just Steelers fans who are pissed, but it's not Tomlin who should get their anger. It's the GM. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that, Bruno. Uh, Last kind of two more quick coaching storyline things. Haven't heard a lot about Mike Vrabel uh, since he's been fired from Tennessee. And Bruno, I feel like basically it's it's, it's a little bit of an odd scenario here that, you know, he, he interviewed with the Chargers, but that's it. And I'm like, Mike Vrabel is most definitely somebody who who deserves to be a coach in this league. But if you look at if you look at where he might end up, I feel like the only place granted, <clears throat> if Jim Harbaugh goes to Los Angeles, the the Chargers, which kind of sounds like it's happening, Belichick to Atlanta, which sounds like it's happening, Mike Vrabel goes where? To Carolina? I don't think so. Maybe maybe out to Seattle. But it also sounds like Dan Quinn's a sh- kind of a, a fit out there. So Mike Vrabel's going to be a coach in this league next year, right? I would think so. I would say where I can actually see him being a good fit is in Seattle. Like, I feel like the Seahawks are a team that he could fit in well in. They probably need a strong leadership guy to come in there. He already likes defense, and they're already known for their defense. And he just won in Tennessee when their quarterback situation was fluid and changing all the time. And Seattle right now, obviously, you know, they have Geno Smith, Drew Locke. I don't know what's going on. So I feel like he'd be good in Seattle. But, yeah, I I really don't know what's going to end up happening with Vrabel. It'd be kind of crazy to say Mike Vrabel's not a coach next year. Like, that would be crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like Seattle's a spot for him, and I, I would like to see that. Um, I think, too, Bruno, what is interesting with the Bill Belichick thing is there are some some reports out there about Belichick, who is currently meeting with Atlanta for the uh, second or third time even. Uh, he met with them last week, had a good first first interview, met with the team or the owners last night, 
in a, on a uh, you know Arthur Blank flu bell check down met right. with the big wigs they're meeting again today. Seems all but a done deal that Belichick is going to end up in Atlanta. Crazy. And the reports today are that this has been Bill's preference all along. He wants to go to an underachieving team with hmm. a pretty talented roster. And most importantly, he wants to be out of the big market uh, oh. places. Like There are conflicting reports, but one basically saying um, – Dallas and Philadelphia reached like kind of back channel talk to Belichick and Bill said, I don't want to, I don't want to coach for you. Wow. Uh, but then there are other reports like they didn't even ask, but Bill also wouldn't have wanted to go there. Hmm. It just seems like it's been a done deal that uh, he's going to end up in Atlanta and Bruno. I know we talked about a little bit last week. What are your, what's your gut reaction to Bill Belichick coaching the Atlanta Falcons? Weird as fuck. Uh, just sounds weird all around. Also funny because twenty eight to three. Like I don't know what the fans, the Falcons fans, like that's a really awkward situation because it's like, hey, you guys, remember that time? Gave you the most historic and depressing loss you've ever had. Um, I get his point about the talented roster, especially on offense. They do have a talented roster. I can kind of understand going to a quiet and small place. He's probably sick of the spotlight. I do kind of get that, and maybe this has something to do with. You know how Brady like went to the Bucks single-handedly, took them to the Super Bowl, and he gets all the credit? Maybe Belichick's like, I want to go to a place and prove that I can do that too. The thing that's just confusing, though, like the most important part of all of this, they just don't have a quarterback. Like Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, simply both are not it. Like They have their fun moments. A couple games they will pop off. They are simply not the answer. So maybe he's like he has a plan in place or he thinks he does. Maybe he likes someone in the draft that's not one of the top guys. I don't know. But everything about that, I, I guess I can kind of understand. But it is really weird. His preference is the place that just has the most mid-quarterback situation like of all time. Here's what I think happens. Bill goes to Atlanta. Okay, Bill goes to Atlanta. He brings a mass exodus of coaches with him. Steve goes. Brian goes. McDaniels right. goes. Patricia goes. Judge goes like right. he's the band is back together in Atlanta. Now that offense has weapons. Right. Bill cannot draft weapons. Okay, yeah, so you have sure. Bijan Robinson, you have Drake London, you have Kyle Pitts, Cordarrelle. Right. Corduroy is still there. All right, oh. <laughs> uh, people forget Joshua Daniels uh, unlocked Corduroy. Um, right. Here's what I think happens. I think they go after a free agent quarterback i think atlanta makes a push for kirk cousins who said today he would love to play for bill belichick oh i didn't see that okay or russell wilson yeah that's what i think happens i think bill gets us a savvy veteran to lead that ship down there or fucking jimmy garoppolo you really want to get the band back together jimmy g i wouldn't like that but something like i think something like that i mean i take garoppolo over desmond ritter i think but um also, that's a shit ass division. Yeah. So, Bill, you want to go nine and eight next year and make the playoffs? <laughs> NFC South's your spot, pal. So I don't know, Bruno. It's intriguing. Dude, imagine Russell Wilson, who heartbreaking loss to the Patriots, quarterback of the Falcons, heartbreaking loss to the Patriots, with Belichick commanding both of them under his thumb. That would just be so fucking funny. Like that's just that's just such the most like mismatch, like hodgepodge. Like let's just toss all these guys in the pot crock pot hand stop fucking pot pot and just see what the fuck happens so i agree that is actually a good point about the division i wasn't really thinking about that obviously if you went to the nfc east 
different team wins the division every year. They have some good teams. So like I can get that point about the NFC East uh, going to the NFC South, where arguably it's, you know, maybe one of the worst divisions in football can understand why that would be, uh, you know, something that he could see himself winning in. It, it would also be kind of funny that he's going to the same division that Brady went to too. So like, that'd be a lot of interesting parts to that. Yeah, no, it's strange. And whatever happens, it's going to be fucking weird. It's still crazy that he's not the coach of the Patriots, but it is what it is. Bruno, uh, moving on to some player news, it sounds like, while not completely official, uh, Jason Kelsey is hanging it up for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what a goddamn career to an absolute goddamn legend. Uh, everything that's come out about Jason Kelsey in the last year or two, really, the guy is just everything you could ask for and more in a football player. And uh, whatever happens next to him, that man has an incredibly bright future. Yeah, I mean... I saw some people being like, he didn't like the news breaking because he wants to break out on his podcast. Fair. Like, I would understand that his podcast is doing really well. It would do numbers if he, like, breaks it on there. So I get that. Probably retiring. Sucks for him that that's the, this was his last season. It, you know, that's tough. But, yeah, legendary career. Great guy. As much as I don't want to like either of the Kelseys, just because I'm a Gronk and whatever, like, prefer over them, even though Jason's not really included in that. Um, it, he's so likable. He's so funny. Uh, their podcast is great. So. Uh, he has great things coming for him. And, you know, again, if the body is just not recovering well, moving as well, if it's too, too much pain, I get it. He's had a legendary career, done a lot of good things. So I, I get that. Yeah, Bruno, it's also interesting because he he almost retired last year. Like, yeah. this is not something that's new. Uh, so it's not incredibly surprising, but it's also like it's disappointing to see one of the greats go out the way like that. But. You know, it is interesting, Bruno, because he might, you know, it sounds like in a, in a divisional game uh, matchup in Buffalo, he might be in the box next to Taylor Swift watching the Chiefs take on the Bills in eight feet of snow in Buffalo. I'm not going to lie to you. That actually would be kind of funny. Jason Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like, that's almost like that should be a podcast right there. Take Travis out of it. I, I would love Jason Kelsey and, and, and Taylor Swift have a podcast together. That That's just such a weird image like in my mind like jason kelly just like a, a big teddy bear and taylor swift cheering and stuff and them like laughing at travis together like that'd be really funny so uh if that's yeah. what ends up happening that's great they have to be not buried 30 feet deep in snow for that to happen but if it does happen that would be great well buffalo sounds like they're bringing people out to clean the, the to shovel the snow again so you want to make 20 bucks an hour <laughs> get free food and drinks at the game go shovel nine feet of snow in buffalo and you'll, you'll be there bruno you know Transitioning here to some weekend storylines, mm -hmm. what do you, I mean? We have some good games for sure. Yep. But let's not beat around the bush. The biggest one is this matchup again between Mahomes and Josh Allen. However, yep. this is the first time the Chiefs are playing on the road. This is Patrick Mahomes' first true road playoff game in his career. That is yep. fucking bananas. He's on the road in Buffalo in snowy ass New York. Um, Bruno, Bills are favored by three, but they also have one million injuries to their defense. What's your what's your takeaway from this game? Where uh, don't tell me your prediction. We're saving that for for you know a little pick pick four action. But uh, where where are you at here? What what are your what are your thoughts on this game? Um, my thoughts on this game are that if the Chiefs lose, it's less about being on the road and it's more about their team just not clicking this year and not having the pieces and not like figuring it out like they usually do. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but at the same time. I don't give a flying fuck if that's the reason they lose. Kurt, if they lose to the Bills, 
how much fun is it going to be to just clown on Mahomes for not being able to win on the road? Because this is, like you said, it's his first road. But like, like, sorry, sorry, bitch. Fucking go on the road for me and win one time. Remember that time that Brady came to fucking Arrowhead and shit down your throat and won on the road? You haven't done that, motherfucker. So motherfucker. I hope that happens. If he wins, I'm going to be upset because everything I just said, I'm going to look dumb for saying. But I'm hoping that's what happens. For, uh, at the end of the day, though, Again, it's it's not only his first road playoff game, it's his first game in Buffalo with fans. He played in Buffalo in 2020, no fans COVID year, has not played in Buffalo since because it's always been an airhead. So Bills, I think, as much as they don't have pressure because it's like it's the Chiefs, you kind of lose that like card that you could always play that's like, oh, if it was just at home, we would have won. Like if you don't win this time, when the Chiefs look as beatable as they've looked in this run with Mahomes and Andy Reid, if you don't beat them now, I don't know when you're going to beat them, so. Yeah, and as a Patriots fan, anytime the Chiefs lose is is good for me be, and for us because I want to keep them as far away from that dynasty that yeah. the Patriots had as possible. So yeah. uh, I hope there's a way both teams can lose this weekend, but yeah. if only one yeah. team can lose, I hope it's the Chiefs. So, uh, Bruno, the other AFC matchup, a, a sneaky good one. Yep. Sneaky good one. Uh, the Texans, with no pressure in the world, go on the road to face the number one seed Ravens Bruno, it's cold in Baltimore, snow in Baltimore too, snowy. We got some snowy AFC games this weekend. Um, you know, I'm going to give you my quick take on this. The Texans are playing with house money, and I think CJ Stroud, I mean, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback. Um, and the way he performed last week against a incredibly talented Browns defense I wouldn't rule him out going off this week. I mean, Baltimore has a good defense, don't get me wrong, but if C.J. Stroud can play the way he did last week against a better defense in the Browns, Bruno, this game might be closer than people think. Uh, Again, be hard to probably pick against the Ravens, but the Texans, I feel it might give them a run for their money here. Yeah, I I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Um, I'm not going to pick winners because we're doing pick six, pick four, whatever you want to call it, but um, I agree. The if he didn't already have confidence from probably winning rookie of the year and having an unbelievable regular season and winning the division, if he didn't have confidence already from beating the Browns, great defense, first playoff win in his first fucking playoff game, leading that team, he has full command of the locker room. Everyone trusts him. Tamiko Ryan's great coach. You, you saw that video. This is unrelated to CJ Stroud. I saw that video on Twitter of him walking the cornerback on the Texans. Like, hey, do this and you'll get a pick six. And then he did. So, like, everything is going well there. And they have no pressure. Like you said, they're supposed to rebuild. And here they are already having won a playoff game. I think this game will be closer than we think. It's just it, the Ravens, the way they've looked, they've looked so good. What it comes down to, Kurt, the, you know when Lamar won his MVP and people were like, oh, yeah, they're going to dominate to the Super Bowl. They choked in the playoffs. They have all the pressure. They are the one seed. They are playing at home. But if they fucking go down like 7 nothing or 10 nothing, and then it's like Lamar's trying to force throws, it could get ugly. No, it definitely could get ugly. Uh, here's the hoping that the uh, hiring of a former linebacker to be the head coach of their football team works just as well for the Patriots <laughs> as it did for the Houston Texans. So fingers crossed because D'Amico Ryan's got that place popping down in Houston. So – Two great matchups in the AFC this week, Bruno. Um, NFC, I would say one matchup, maybe not as intriguing. We'll see, but uh, one that I'm really excited about. We're going to start with the Packers at 49ers. Bruno, the Packers went into Dallas and absolutely curb stomped the Cowboys. So they're playing. They're the seven seed going on the road to play the one seed. You talk about playing with house money, playing with nothing to lose. 
Jordan Love and the and the Packers have nothing to lose. While the 49ers, you know, it's kind of been all year for them, Super Bowl or bust. So uh, you have a – you talk about it a lot in the playoffs. Which teams can get hot down the stretch? Do you think about the Giants the two years they beat the Patriots? Kind of gives me weird Packers vibes. Like go on the road, beat teams you're not supposed to beat handily. That's what the Giants did. So, Bruno – there's a there's a there's a blueprint out there for this. Uh, do you think this game could be close? What what are your what are your takeaways? Yeah, Kurt. Not only I think you make a great point. Not only is this the Packers similar to the Texans in that it was supposed to be rebuilding years for both. They both have quarterbacks starting really for the first time, mainly even though they're different levels of uh, veterancy. Uh, and they're both playing with house money, and they're both going into the one seed to play the one seed. Very similar. And I think the takeaway is similar to the Texans-Ravens game. The the Packers playing with a ton of confidence, even though last week, again, was the Cowboys defense playing well? Absolutely not. But despite all that, they put up 48, and they should have all the confidence in the world, right? Because they played well. They were fast around the field. They were actually kind of also out physicaling the Cowboys, too, which you're going to need against the physical 49ers team. So that's a good sign for you for some momentum. So I think this game could be close for sure. Uh, I just think the 49ers, uh, again, uh, it's tough. You never know, right? Because you really never know. But the 49ers from the start of the season have kind of been this team favorites. And they're all healthy. Like we pretty much know, right? Like CMC should be back and fully healthy for this game. You know, it's one of those things where like they have all the pieces rolling for them. I would trust them. But at the same time, it's the play. Like you never know. Like again, would anyone have not trusted the Ravens when Lamar won MVP? No, they would have been like, he's going to win. And they lost. So you never know, Kurt. Yeah, you never know. It's why you play the game, pal. Yep. That's why you play the game. That's, why you play um, the game. That's, the late, that's a late game tomorrow night on Fox. Uh, I might watch the UConn-Villanova game also on Fox. <laughs> so, same time, so we'll see. We'll fuck yep. it. Um, Bruno, the last game, I would say a game that I am just so fucking excited for. Buccaneers go to Detroit to, to uh, face the Lions. Lions are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Obviously, you saw what the Bucks did. Yep. Uh the Eagles, the Bucks played great, a great football game. They really could have won by way more. Like they played well, but they left a lot of points on the table. So I, I feel like it's a it's a a great spot for the Bucks to be because you win, and it's a game where you can go back to the drawing board and be like, we missed out on X, Y, and Z. So the Bucks are going into Detroit hot, but I, Bruno, Detroit looked pretty good in that last game too. So um, I feel like Detroit has a lot of people on the bandwagon. Um, they 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 held off the Rams twenty four twenty three last week, um, and and just w- probably the coolest game of the of the playoffs so far. So um, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, ding ding ding. Let's see what you got, Bruno. Where are you where are you at heading heading into this game? Yeah, uh, the first of all, the fact that the NFC Championship is either going to have the Bucks or the Lions in it. Bucks without Tom Brady, add you, and then the Lions with Man Campbell as the coach. Fucking love that. I love it. I honestly do love the fact that one of those teams is going to be in the NFC Championship. And if the Packers win, the Lions win, the Lions will be hosting the NFC Championship. That would be fucking so funny if that's what ends up happening. That being said about the actual game, my takeaway is this. I think the Bucks, you know, they're kind of, everyone's looking at them. They came out of the worst division possible. They needed all 17 weeks, 18 weeks to even win that division. They did have a pretty good win last week against the imploding Eagles. Everyone's kind of looking at them being like, this is the Lions game to lose. Even the players on the Lions, I don't know if you saw this, the secondary for the Lions, I forget, Gardner Johnson, whoever it was, trash-talking Baker, being like, oh, the Bucks would be really good if they had a better quarterback. Everybody else in the playoffs has good quarterbacks, but he's the only one that's not. I don't know why you would do that, just because it's like, 
Baker is the kind of guy who gets motivated by that shit. He's always been like a trash talker and like wants to prove people wrong. He's already been doing that this year, but like, I, I don't know why you would do that. And it's a little extra fire that you didn't need to give the bucks. The Lions, again, do I think they should win this game? Yes. Out of 100 times, they're probably winning this game more than 50 times. But it's like in the regular season, we did see instances of the Lions having a big game and just falling flat. So I don't I don't know if I'm saying I think that's going to happen or not. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if it's as sure. Like, six and a half points, like people already predicting Lions to the MC. I don't know if I'm as sure as that. But it could be an electric game. Baker Mayfield versus Jared Goff could be electric. It would be electric. Uh also, weird for them to chirp Baker Mayfield when you have Jared Goff as your quarterback. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a, a little reminder, a little reminder. Yeah. Um, but, Bruno, uh, it's going to be a great weekend for uh, for the NFL. I'm ready to be locked in. Uh, but I think, uh, before we go, real quick, I think we just touch on a few Patriot items because there, sure. there has been some news this week. Yep. So, Bruno, since the Patriots named... Gerard Mayo, the head coach, uh, which we didn't talk about in the last podcast because it happened. They announced it the day, the morning after, like <laughs> it got posted. Um, this is a a new era of Patriots football that we are getting into, and one that apparently seems like it is going to come with massive changes. Obviously, Gerard Mayo steps in for Bill Belichick, uh, and in his press conference. Gerard Mayo was very un-Belichickian in the fact that he was very straightforward. He was talking about race. He was talking about uh, how, more importantly than anything else, he is a uh, he's someone who likes to help men um, see their full potential on and off the field. He's a developer of people uh, and so on and so forth. He got more in one interview from Gerard Mayo than you might have gotten in the last 10 years from Bill Belichick. So take that for, uh, for what it is. But... Um, this is a uh, an interesting spot for the Patriots because seems like he's garnered quite a bit of support from current players. Um, but also, Bruno, I think it needs to be said, this is a little interesting to me <clears throat> that you wouldn't take the time to potentially talk to other people. But it sounds like it was a in his contract that uh, he would be replacing Bill Belichick when that time came and the time is now. So Bruno, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on it being in the contract? Um, my thoughts are that it kind of makes a lot more sense knowing that, because I feel like we've been hearing that like whispers or people being like, Oh, he's a future head coach candidate, blah, blah, blah. Like that had been talked about, right? Like it's not like him being a potential Patriots coach came out of nowhere, but it, it, it because, because it was in his contract, it makes a lot more sense why we were hearing that in the first place. I will say, like, we know him from when he obviously was a player in the Patriots. And, like, people always describe him as a player, as a coach. Like, people were always saying that. I think my initial thoughts for it being in the contract was, like, they must really think pretty fucking highly of him if they're doing that. Because, obviously, you just don't do that for anyone. And they obviously didn't want to let him leave because he even got head coaching Canada uh, interviews last year, right? So, like, I, I don't know if I would have guessed it. But it's not the most surprising, I guess, in hindsight. I always say that even my hindsight's 2020. Uh, Kurt, I know we're going to move on to some other parts of this, but I think the the my initial reaction wasn't as happy because I, you know how we had speculated before all this went down about what we'd want for a head coach. I was saying if we're going to draft a quarterback, we want a offensive minded coach, maybe a new coordinator to come in to be able to pair with the uh, uh, quarterback that we draft, right? Because of some other developments. 
And because of, like you said, all the players coming out in support, it's almost like our version of Antonio Pierce. Like, it sounds like all the players wanted it. And so if we're at that level, if that's what the players want, I mean, I'm fine with that, right? Like, because you got it. The players are the ones who are going to be receptive to the coach in the first place. Yeah, I agree uh, to some extent for sure. My whole thing is I, I'm actually happy. So not to, you know, spoil this, but Bill O'Brien out as offensive coordinator he goes to ohio state to be the offensive coordinator there good patriots kind of patriots kind of did him dirty a little bit um but i'm actually happy about it uh because it shows that changes are on the horizon what i was worried about is that you were going to insert gerard mayo for bill belichick and then pretty much everything else was staying the same now it sounds like they might name a like president of football operations thing like potentially but it also sounds like they might not name a gm which is weird to me and they're just going to have matt grow and elliot wolf do it i'm fine with elliot wolf doing it that guy knows what he's talking about matt grow i have my thoughts on him you've heard them before no the fuck thank you uh so i was really concerned it was going to be belichick for mayo everything else is the same seems like we have some movement on that obviously o'brien out uh as offensive coordinator i'll get to that in a minute but on the defense side of the ball, uh, there are some candidates that have been interviewed to be the defensive coordinator of the Patriots. And Bruno, I'm going to read you some of these names quickly. It sounds like Gerard Mayo is looking for a relatively young uh, – the, uh, uh, the Patriots have kind of always been like about old blood. Like, oh, come back home, come back home, and it's like kind of outdated. I think it is time for some new tread, uh, some new tires, let's say. And uh, earlier in the week, uh, the Patriots – uh, Gerard Mayo interviewed Tem Lukabu, who is 40. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator at Boston College from 2020 to 2022, which was with the Carolina Panthers last year. Um, sounds like a pretty well-received guy. But then today, the Patriots also interviewed defense, uh, the defensive back coach of the Broncos, Christian Parker. Parker helped the Broncos finish top 10 in total defense in the last two seasons. Secondary has been a major strength of that time, featuring star cornerbacks Patrick Sertain and safety Justin Simmons. Um, so he's 32. He's a rising star, apparently, according to a couple articles I read. And then alongside that Parker guy, the other candidate they interviewed today is Saints linebackers coach Michael Hodges. He's overseen a defense that finished top 10 in points allowed for four consecutive seasons. Linebacker DeMario Davis has been the Saints' best defensive starter during that time which is a testament to his coaching. He's 37, um, who has worked his way up through the coaching ranks in in New Orleans. And uh, that one sounds um, – was like highly, highly regarded on, on Twitter today. So uh, a 37-year-old, a 32-year-old, and a 42-year-old. So uh, relatively young for, for coaching perspectives. They also interviewed a special teams coordinator. Thank the fucking Lord. Goodbye, Joe Judge. Goodbye, Cam Accord. Do not let the door hit you on the way out, or do. It does not matter. <laughs> uh, but, Bruno, I think what is really going to make or break this team – also, it should be mentioned before I, I, I move on – with the, uh, the defensive coordinator position. <clears throat> Mike Reese tweeted something today that I had thought. The Patriots already have someone on the coaching staff who could be potentially worthy of the defensive coordinator spot, and that is Demarcus Covington who has worked for the Patriots since 2017. Uh, he's been here for, you know, seven years. Uh, he's He got interviewed last year for defensive coordinator jobs 
he is apparently uh, Gerard Mayo's boy. So I think that it could be a scenario similar to what Belichick did with Adrian Clem last year. Hey, I'm going to bring you in for an interview uh, for offensive coordinator. We're not going to give it to you, but you're going to be the offensive line coach. So if that's a way, let's say it's it's been out there, the Patriots offered positions to um, Brian Belichick and Steve Belichick. But in all reality, if their dad goes to Atlanta, the nepotism thing is what it is, but they're probably going to Atlanta. So what are the two positions those guys coached? Steve Belichick coached linebackers. You have that Hodges guy who was a linebackers coach. You have uh, Brian Belichick, who coaches safeties, okay? We have the um, Parker guy from the Broncos, who's potentially in for an interview. So maybe this is a scenario where Gerard Mayo is like, hey, I'm going to name Covington defensive coordinator. Uh, Luca Buku, whatever the fuck your name is, you'll be the defensive line coach. Hodges, you'll be the linebackers coach. And Parker, you'll be the, the secondary coach. Sweet. I'm all – Bruno, if we're fucking doing it, hit Control-Alt-Delete and start over. Uh, I don't I, – I, and it brings me back like, okay, flipping to the offensive coordinator side of the ball. Oh, maybe Josh McDaniels comes back. And I, I think Josh McDaniels is a great offensive coordinator. But if you're going to make wholesale changes, don't bring him back. Like, it sounds like the Earhart-Perkins system, which the Patriots have run since Charlie Weiss, like the different variations of it. Sounds like it's over and done with. Don't bring Josh back to call that offense. If you're going to make the change, make the fucking change. So, uh, Bruno, before I talk to you about some potential offensive coordinator candidates, what is your overall thought? Are you on the same page? If you're going to do it, blow it up. Literally, you said it absolutely perfectly right there, Kurt. I wanted uh, an offensive young-minded coach like that, or young offensive-minded coach like that, because of how new and completely different it would be. If you're hiring Gerard Mayo, if the solution or the, the the compromise there is that, sure, he's been with the Patriots for a while, but he's going to bring in all the new guys and it's going to be new coaching stuff like that. Absolutely. That makes me feel so much better. I, I, I hate to be this guy. Completely agree that Bill Bryan got done dirty by the Patriots. He needed to go. I'd have been I would have been more mad about him staying than any other part of this just because the offense was fucking trash last year. And it's just, it, it was, it is what it is. We need a new voice on offense. We're going to have a new quarter, uh, uh, quarterback, I'm assuming. So get a new guy in there. So if he's bringing in a bunch of young talent on defense, if he's going to bring in a new guy on offense, Kurt, this is not the time to be conservative. We're going to, we might suck. We're, we're going through a rebuild. We don't have Brady. We don't have Belichick. There's no expectations for the Patriots. Obviously we don't want to be bad, but this is the time. Take the swings, right? I'd rather let Gerard Mayo give him the confidence to go get the guys he feels like he's going to succeed. And like, there's so many retreads of coaching hires these days. And sure, some of them can work. I don't think that's the play. Like just hiring some guy to try to do what he's done in three other teams and see if it works with the Patriots or get like new young minds in there who are seeing the game maybe a different way and also producing results. Like the guy in the Broncos and the guy in the Saints, like you said, the Broncos defense, top 10 Saints scoring defense, top 10. So it's like, I don't see how that isn't something that you'd want to do. I hope we also, I don't have you, I don't know how much we've been hearing about offensive coordinator. I know Bill Bryan was recent, so we're going to take some time to figure that out. Also depends what we're doing for a quarterback. I hope we do the same thing for that. If whether it's his boy or some new guy or whoever, just someone who comes in with a fresh offense, I am completely okay with all of this because this is the time to do this. We are starting at the foundation. No more Belichick. He was the foundation for 24 years. We are building a brand new foundation. So if we're going to build it, let's not half-ass it. Let's let the guy who we gave 
so much trust in to put it in his contract to be our next head coach. Let's give him some control to build the foundation how he sees fit. It only makes sense, right? Why would you hire him and do all that if you're not going to trust him to build it how he sees it? So I, I'm glad that we're doing all this. I agree. Bruno, I'm going to give you five names. <clears throat> Excuse me. Five names that I think would be great fits to be the next Patriots offensive coordinator. Okay? We're okay. going to start with the precedent that McDaniels is not yes going to be around. Nope. He, I, I really do think he'll be, you know, associate head coach with Belichick in Atlanta. Great. That's my, that's my, that's my Great. gut feeling on that. Um, I'm also not going to include Cliff Kingsbury in this, which I might have. It sounds like he's going to Chicago to yes. be their offensive coordinator, which is eyeball emoji interesting because they're on the clock and Caleb Williams probably the number one pick. So, yep. so long, Justin Fields. Uh, Bruno, before we get into offensive coordinator, now that I just said that. Would you trade a second or third round pick for Justin Fields? Honestly, I probably would. Like, I, I probably would. Like, he's had flashes, and you can say maybe some of the reasons why he didn't completely go the way his development was supposed to go. Do you remember all those stories about how he was like, oh, the coaches are telling me to play like a robot, and like they're trying to coach me and overthink and all this stuff. You can say that coaching had some impact on his development, but like when he was just balling out, like he was balling the fuck out. So sure, we'd need some receivers. Same thing as Chicago, right? You need to get him some receivers, but I would absolutely do that. I would. So yeah, you're telling me if we can we can draft Marvin Harrison number three? And we can trade a second or third round pick for Justin Fields. All of a sudden, you just got a whole lot more dynamic on offense. So <laughs> that'd be electric. Uh, that would be. I'd be for it. I would be for it. Um, you know, I. I'll be honest with you. Caleb Williams is not happening unless you trade up to number one. Right. So it, you're you're in the you're in the mix for Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and I truly believe. Because I've been burned so many times on, like I love Zach Wilson coming out of college. Drake May is a little like that, and you know I'm sure Drake May is a, a very good quarterback, but the competition in the ACC is different. Um, he, his last two games in college might have been his worst two games of his career, so that's not super exciting. And then Jaden Daniels is in the SEC, plays for LSU, plays great this year, wins the Heisman. Uh, Bruno, if, if, if you're looking at Drake may or Jaden Daniels, I think I am aboard the Jaden Daniels train at the moment. Yeah. I you've, since you said that last time, um, we talked about this. I, I don't know if I was ever truly sold on Drake may, or if it was just people kept saying it. So I was like, we want a top two pick because it's either Caleb Williams or Drake may like, I need to, I have to like, you know, I, it's not like I watch them all the time, but whether this is fair or not, I just keep thinking about Mitch Trubisky and, and that whole UNC situation. So Drake May does not excite me, even though I know people have been saying it's him and Caleb Williams forever. Jaden Daniels, if we're picking at three and it's not Caleb Williams, that's who I want. You've sold me on that. Like Penix, he's too old. All the ACL stuff, that's too much. And all the other quarterbacks, they're just too much going on. If we're going to draft at three and it's not Caleb Williams, I want Dan McDan I want Jaden Daniels. I will say, though, Kurt, I haven't thought too much about trading for Justin Fields and drafting Marvin Harrison. That kind of gets me going a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. That gets me half chub. I'm not going to lie. Half. <laughs> half, half. I don't know what full would be, but we'll find out. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, whatever we do for draft night is going to be fucking awesome this year. So, um, like you and me, I mean. Bruno, to get to the offensive coordinator thing here, five names for you. Okay? Yep. Starting with number one. A guy named Zach Robinson. 
Now, Zach Robinson is an interesting candidate, Bruno. He was drafted by the Patriots in 2010. He is currently the passing game coordinator for Sean McVay in Los Angeles with the Rams. Uh, young offensive coach that, again, uh, if, if I'm making a change here, I am looking for someone from the McVay-Shanahan tree, which is quarterback-friendly, more modern NFL offense. So Zach Robinson is a name I think people should get uh, acquainted with. So Zach Robinson from the Rams is number one. Bruno, number two, we're not going very far. We're going down the hall to the tight ends coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Nick Cayley. Nick Cayley, that name sounds familiar. Yes, he was our tight ends coach for five years when Rob Gronkowski was here. Um, He interviewed last year for the offensive coordinator position. Bill apparently laughed at him, and Nick Cayley was gone. Uh, But he's had a couple years now to learn under Sean McVay. He was a tight ends coach there. Um, He was here in New England for so long. You know, tight ends coaches have in the past made very good offensive coordinators because tight ends do everything. So you have to know the run game. You have to know the pass game. So Nick Cayley is someone who still has ties to the local area. I think could be ready to kind of break out uh, as an offense coordinator. The third one, Bruno, Shane Waldron. Okay, he is currently the uh, – he was the offensive coordinator for the last two years in Seattle with Geno Smith. So got Geno Smith back on track. Um, but it's interesting because Shane Waldron was the right-hand man to Sean McVay. So uh, people always talk about when Shanahan – Anywhere Shanahan went, he brought a flunky with him that basically learned everything. That flunky was Mike McDaniel. Shane Waldron is to Sean McVay as Mike McDaniel is to Kyle Shanahan. So that that certainly has me intrigued. Um, he's from Waldron Math, Math Waldron Mass. So he is a local guy, um, and I think you know. Seahawks had a top 10 scoring offense under him with Geno Smith playing quarterback. So, again, it's it's something where I think uh, I, I think it, it, could be a, it could be a good fit. And he was with the Patriots back in 2003 as an operations intern. So he has some familiarity with the Patriots. He's from the area, uh, and he's gotten some good quarterback play out of Geno Smith lately. Bruno, here's an interesting name. Here's an interesting name. Mm-hmm. Current... Uh, passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach down in Miami mm. that goes by the name Wes Walker. W-W. Now, now, happened to be John Mayo's teammate, happens to be from the Mike McDaniel coaching tree. And, you know, Bruno, I'm just saying, he uh, he gets to coach Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, who are pretty good football players. So he's kind of helped them take the next step. So, Gut reaction, how do you feel when I say Wes Welker? That would be weird just because I'm like at this point, I'm it, not that it's a battle, but I'm so much more Edelman than I was Welker than I am Welker, just because I like Edelman. Um I, I mean, he's in a place where he knows what a good offense looks like. People forget the Dolphins scored 70 points this year. Uh he's under Mike McDaniel, like you said, so that's only good news. And uh talk about building a new foundation. Kurt, you know how many explosive plays the Dolphins had this year? Yes, they had Waddle and Hill. You know how many explosive plays the Patriots had this year? Like zero. So if he can bring like, hey guys, this is how we do it. 
to the Patriots, I would fucking love that. Yeah, it's interesting. I I agree with you. I am more of the um, uh, Julian Edelman camp, but Wes Welker was somebody who, uh, you know, let's give him his flowers a little bit. He is somebody who uh, I think really changed the way the slot receiver position was around the NFL. So again, kudos to Belichick for that. Um, But I ultimately feel like, you know, Wes Welker would be a very interesting fit due to his ties to the Patriots already. Uh, But, you know, TBD on that one. Bruno, the last one that I wanted to mention is uh, a little bit more out there, I guess you could say. Uh, It's Frank Reich. Oh, so the yeah. So this is this is a little interesting to me. And I don't know how I would feel about it, but it's 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 here's why I put it in there. Okay, it's something where if you're going to blow it up and you're going to bring in all these young coaches, what scares me a little bit is Gerard Mayo has zero experience as, as a coordinator and zero experience as a head coach. So if you bring in all these younger guys, is there anybody on your staff who has in-game experience? Like, if Frank Wright came in, it could be something where Jerome was like, Frank, take the fucking offense, take the take the staff, and start figuring it out. If you don't do that and you name someone who's more up and coming, it could just be a thing where it's like everyone's, you know, fucking new to this. So I don't know. It's interesting. He obviously was good with Carson Wentz, but then he sucked with the Colts at the end and he sucked with the Panthers this year. Um, you know, it would, I only add that name just because it's something where I feel like it does concern me a little bit. If you have no former, like high profile coaches on your staff. Yeah. I, my gut reaction is just remembering the Panthers stuff. Obviously, he was a head coach, and that was a whole mess for a bunch of reasons. But he has always been noted to be a good offensive mind and good offensive coordinator when he's in that position. And I do see your point. Like, we are building a foundation, but, like, you kind of do want some part of the foundation to have some confidence because they've been there and done that. And if it is all brand-new guys, you're kind of having a coach's room where it's, like, nobody has been there before. And, sure, that could work if it's a bunch of young guys and you got the right formula. But I see your logic there. So you could sell me on Frank Reich. I don't know if it would be my first choice, but, like, I could be sold, and I don't think I'd end up mad about it if that's the kind of way we end up going with this. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Bruno, it's just times are changing, pal. Times are changing, yeah. and we are in uncharted waters. So here we go, motherfucker. Buckle up, bitches. Bruno, you got anything before we end this? Kurt, I think we're good. I think we're good. It's, it's you know, it's, it, w- there's been some tough time for Patriots fans, but, like, as as tough as it is, it was and is currently and probably still will be whenever the Belichick news is official, I am excited. Like, it is kind of exciting talking about all these new coaches and, like, new blood in here and possibilities. We'll see if it keeps going that way because depending on what we end up doing in free agency or draft stuff, maybe we're going to go opposite way. But for now, it's kind of fun. But before we even get all that, like you said, an electric – uh, slate of football games this weekend. There were some duds last week. There are potential for some of these to be blowouts, but I'm hoping they're all great games. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow and Sunday. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and Kurt, we're going to be t- uh, at some point. We're going to go live tomorrow before 4:30 uh, to do our pick six, which is pick four. Uh, and I don't want to look at the standings because I don't think I can win anymore. Yeah, you can. 
I, I feel like I was five or six down and there's only like seven games left. I'd have to pick somehow all differently than you and still win. It's on the table. <laughs> Kurt, I will go double or nothing. I Don't ask me what that means or how that looks like, but maybe that's just what I have to do. Please know that it's been noted. Oh, wait, maybe we do. We each can pick one game that we're like the most confident in, and that's double points. We'll, 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 we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Something to chunk shit like that. We'll do some fast uh, 75, and we'll figure out what's going to go down. Um, 75 hard, you bitch. Oh, fuck. I've said that wrong every time. Sorry. Uh, it's me that's hard, not the 75 hard. Um, anyways, uh, Kurt, it's been real. It's been fun. Uh, we'll be on some time tomorrow for the pick six. Uh, we'll see what happens over the course of the next week. But for now, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Talking sports and always know the truth